Love the, love the conversation. One of my favorite scenes uh, in any movie, and uh, you guys know, and, and last week we talked about Christmas a little bit, because again, last week was Annunciation Day, which was uh, the idea of nine months before uh, Christmas. And for me, my favorite scene was, was uh, when Elf, you know, said, Santa, I know him, right? You know, I've met him. And, you know, from that movie, you know personally that, uh, that Elf had met and been with Santa, you know, those are some famous people in the world. For me, I remember being at a youth workers conference. It's probably about 12 years ago. We were staying downtown Toronto, and uh, I knew by, by just happenstance that the Washington Capitals were in town. And the, it turns out the hotel I was staying in was the same hotel that the Washington Capitals stayed in. At the same time as that is the NFL game. One of the NFL games that uh, Buffalo played in Toronto, they were playing. So I actually got on an elevator with some uh, offensive linemen, and for a second I thought, about getting off of the elevator because I was wondering about the weight capacity of the elevator at that point. Uh, you know, so I was able to meet some of those guys. And I remember specifically when Bruce Boudreau walked into the lobby and Ovechkin followed in after him and all the Washington Capitals. And I was kind of starstruck by these guys walking in. And I remember particularly, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I can get an autograph for Bryce. And then, the, you know, the hotel staff is like, sir, are you a guest of this hotel? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, well, as guests of the hotel, we kind of try to stay away from, from these famous people. And I'm like, oh, he goes, sir, what's your hotel room number? I'm like, uh, 232. Well, interestingly enough, my name wasn't on the registry. I was just actually staying as a, uh, I was homeless at that point. I was staying with a friend of mine uh, in that hotel room. And he's like, sir, what's your name? I'm like, Dave Steves. And thankfully, I wasn't kicked out of the hotel. But I remember meeting some of those famous people. And you know that kind of that feeling like, man, I, man, I wish I could just have that, that conversation with those people right now and, 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 and get to know them just a little bit. You know those people you meet where you're like, man, I just wish I could just spend a little bit of time getting to know them. Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 to 11, because today is Palm Sunday, and the lectionary conversation takes us to this triumphal entry of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For the last three years, Jesus has been growing in popularity, and now three years later, he's a very famous person. He's healed a lot of people. He's brought people back from the dead. And people are just gathering around. Not only that, but in Jerusalem, it's this feast. This, this Passover feast is coming up, and people are gathering in Jerusalem, and masses of people have joined along. You know, picture almost like Ottawa on Canada Day. Or picture Times Square on New Year's Eve. Those are the scenarios that you can kind of begin to picture in your mind of what it might have been like to be in Jerusalem around this time, and Jesus enters into that scenario. Verse 1, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage in the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with their colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to them or to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. 
a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray. Father, as we go into this conversation, we allow the Bible to speak into our lives 2,000 years later. I pray that the words that come from my mouth right now are just part of the meditation and the time I've spent with you. And God, I just don't add anything that's Brian-centric, but it's all Jesus-centric. And that the words that I speak allow to just penetrate the hearts of those listening. Allow your words to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. Just recently for March break, uh, of course, our family did the, uh, the, the, the famous uh, tour of Los Angeles. We headed to some pretty popular places, Rodeo Drive. We went and saw the Hollywood sign. Uh, we uh, got to see the, uh, the, the Clippers play the Raptors. A lot of famous people, of course. Our residents of Los Angeles, and none greater than a guy named James Corden. For me, James is like the guy. If I could just meet this one guy, I would love to meet James Corden in Los Angeles. And thankfully, I was able to grab some tickets for the five of us as a family, and we were able to go watch the Late Late Show. For me, that's kind of my relief. We PBR James Corden every night, and so when I come home in the afternoon after work, I often sit down and listen. That's how I get my news. Um, that's uh, uh, you know, I, I just find James is full of the, the right news and the proper news. And so I listen to James Corden as much as I possibly can, just a little bit of comic relief throughout the day. And so we were able to, to watch and, 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 and uh, see a Late Late Show uh, recording. And so actually, I got the recording with me right now. And there's someone famous on the screen. Go ahead and watch this clip. Now, it's pretty simple. Here's how it works. I am going to quiz members of our studio audience about things that have happened so far in this show. If they answer correctly, they will receive a prize. If they answer wrong, they will have to forfeit their seat to one of the more deserving audience members who are waiting outside in the Late Late Show bullpen. Now, these are people who traveled all the way to the studio for the taping, but unfortunately they got to the line too late and were turned away. Maybe they will get to see today's show after all. We're going to find out. So who here would like to play? Anybody else like to play? Oh, there's a lady over there. Okay, follow me, Scotty. Come on, let's go. Please, come this way. Come this way. Now, also, somebody giving up a plum seat. You've got a table. You've table. got liquor, should you need it. Do, yeah. Now, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm Jody. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Jody, you're from Massachusetts. What brings you to the Late Late Show? I'm here for school. You're here for school. What are you studying? Uh, film production. Oh, look at us. <laughs> look, at, you're studying film production. He's clearly a drug dealer. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the entire audience. We've got the entire audience. Look, we've got, we've got screenwriters, film producers, drug dealers. Who says we don't play to a full crowd? All right, now, do you think, do you think you've been paying attention to the show? I really hope so. Okay, well, 
we're going to find out. Okay, right. so for this question, I'm going to give you the setup to a joke from our monologue, and I want you to tell me what the punchline was. Okay, so this is the joke. I told this joke here in this studio no more than 10 minutes ago. Okay, okay. here is the setup. The WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators to legalize betting on high-profile wrestling matches, despite the fact that the outcomes are scripted. Oh, I can see it now. Oh, really? If wrestling is fake, then... <laughs> if wrestling is fake, then... Why don't I just lose my house? I don't know. Let's have a look. You're going with, why did I just lose my house? Yes. Let's see if you were paying attention. Well, if wrestling is fake, why did the bank just take away my house? That's we are going to give you that, Jamie. Well done. You are paying attention. You. Now, you have won. <laughs> you have won yourself a gift card to Blue Bottle Coffee so you can stay awake and pay attention at all times. Thank you for playing. Take a seat. Okay, who else would like to play? Now, now, I totally recognize I was kind of sliding into the script, but who wouldn't? I, everybody in this room would have done the exact same thing, making sure that you famously got on to some Hollywood show. You would have done the same thing. Now, just to, to give a little bit of a highlight, I was cut out of the script. So during the show, when he was, she was asked the question, she had no idea the answer. And so I'm whispering quietly, house, house. And, I'm, and, she's, and finally, she turns to me, and she's like, What's the answer? I'm like, why did I just lose my house? And, and James looks at me with this evil look like you just cheated. And then he says, cut him out. And so they did. They, they cut me out of the entire thing. And I lost my famous opportunity. But in that moment, and you see from this picture right here, James was this far from me. I mean, no, sorry. James, James got to meet the famous Brian. So I was, really, I was really happy for James in that moment, and, and you could see the look on my eyes. It's like, James, you, you, you don't know what you're missing. But that's kind of that feeling where, like, where you get to see someone, and, and, and in my mind, I've met James Corden. That's what I, I say in my mind. Can I have your autograph? Ah! Yeah, sure. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, after the show, after the show, yeah, after the show, yeah, I know what you're all thinking right now, I've met Brian. Well, here Jesus is entering into the story. Let's bring Jesus center. And he's coming in from a place called Bethpage. He's been staying outside of town because, you know, he wants to keep his famous profile a little bit limited. He's always been like that. He, he, he appreciates the fact that he's becoming famous for the sake of the gospel, but really wants to keep a low profile. So as he enters just east of Jerusalem from Bethpage, he, he enters into this scenario where this place is just packed with people. Over the last few Palm Sunday messages, I've been able to draw us in each individually to say, who am I in that story? Even this morning, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm in Jerusalem and Jesus is entering in and I'm there, who am I in this story? Am I the owner of the cult that releases the cult to Jesus? We had that conversation a few years back. 
Another year that we talked about Palm Sunday, we talked about being in the idea that Jesus and the knowledge of his last week, that going into this story, Jesus knew that there was going to be something ahead of him that wasn't overly exciting. And we talked about the idea that there's three ways to live a Christian life. You can live the Christian life on the life side of the cross. You can live Christianity on the death side of the cross. Or you can live Christianity on the resurrection side of the cross. And I encouraged us to make sure that we try to live our life knowing that we serve a resurrected Savior. Another Sunday talked about the idea of the crowd. And again, picking out who in the crowd you, you, you possibly are. Were you one of the Pharisees? Were you one that was caught up in the crowd and just was there as a bystander? Or were you one of the disciples? See, this crowd was huge. Again, think Canada Day or New Year's Day. One of those scenarios would give us a picture of what it might possibly look, at, look like. And then as we turn to John chapter 12, I was drawn to this as I began to research the idea of Palm Sunday and what the scenario looked like. John chapter 12, verse 12. John, who was in the story, reiterates his first-hand view. The next day, the great crowd that had came to the, come to the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him. Shouting, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord, blesses the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it was written, do not be afraid. O daughter of Zion, see your king is coming, seated on, a, on donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that the things had been written about him and that they'd done these things, or that done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. And many people, because they had heard that he had given this miracle, miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the Pharisees' mindset. They, they're now in fear mode. And for the next week, they really have to plan it out. How do we turn the tides on Jesus so that the crowds would turn against him? As you know, six days later, they achieved that purpose. Here they're shouting Hosanna to the, to the highest and, and to Jesus, you know, coming on a colt. On, 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 and, and, and then six days later, they're yelling, crucify him. The same people that were praising him were later saying, kill him. The Pharisees did what they needed to do. But in their minds, the whole world, well, in reality, it was just these people gathered in Jerusalem. It was just enough to trigger their pessimism that the same, um, the pessimism in the Pharisees that led to strategize this, this desire for another way. As the gospel writer is using this word, the whole world, he uses this Greek word, cosmos. You can't help but think of John 3.16, where the same writer uses the same word to express why Jesus came. God so loved the whole world, the cosmos. This is so powerful. 
It's the next line that changed my whole perspective, though, and showed me who I might have been in this text. John chapter 20, John chapter 12, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at this feast. Curious who these Greeks might have been. These Greeks could have been one of three different types of people. These could have been Greek-speaking Jews that already had affiliation to the Israelite faith, or they could have been Greek prophesites or, or, or Greek converts to Judaism, people that came into the fold. Or third, and most likely by a lot of scholars' research, is that these could have been Greeks who traveled to Jerusalem out of curiosity. The Greek construction suggests that these Gentiles were drawn from those who regularly made such pilgrimages to just be almost tourists in this situation. And they were just caught up in the whole crowd. See, these Greek Jews wouldn't have been able to find themselves in normal places that Jesus would have been speaking, such as the inner courts of the temple, because it was forbidden for them to enter. If they would have entered, there would have been pain of death. That's how separated they were from Jesus. But here they come into this scenario, into this crowd, and they want to see Jesus. Verse 21, they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. We would like to see Jesus. This word see, idion, from the Greek, might be better translated as meet. Sir, we'd like to meet Jesus. See, I personally have seen a lot of people in my life that potentially are famous, but to meet someone is a whole different story. See, I can say in my mind, that I met James Corden, but all I did was see him. Now, it was pretty close, seemed pretty personal to me, but I didn't meet James. I just saw him. See, in this story, these Greeks could have gone home after this great gathering and said, hey, we met Jesus. Like face-to-face, -face, he was right there in the crowd. We were able to throw palm branches down, and we were able to, you know, throw our cloaks down, and he walked right by us. It was an amazing experience. And, you know, like we could, we could see, you know, the beauty of his face, and it was, it was amazing to see Jesus. But that wasn't enough for them. They had to go out of their way, and they came to Philip and said, Philip, sir, We'd like to meet Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew, and Philip told Jesus. And I'm wondering, Jesus in this scenario is like, hey, of all the people in this place, you know, I, I'm too busy to meet everybody. Like, I'm, I, I, I got a lot of things to do. This is a busy week ahead of me. You know, I don't have time for these Greeks. I, I didn't come to, to meet everybody. But I think Jesus probably said, you know what? Let's, let's spend some time with them. Because I'd like to meet them too. 
And so I would just love to see the scenario where Jesus, you know, after the busyness of it all, and maybe it's kind of lunchtime, maybe people have dispersed, and Jesus says these words, which is beautiful to, to hear him say these words. He explains the gospel to them and explains what had just happened with this Palm Sunday gathering. Jesus replied, I'm guessing these Greeks are able to be in this midst because they've now probably been able to meet Jesus. And he says these words to them. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. You can just imagine now, they've heard these words. What does it mean? But I just want to draw back to the fact that they've heard these words. That Jesus was able to personally have a conversation with them. And not only were they able to see Jesus, they were able to meet Jesus. As I draw into a time of prayer with you, and I invite the worship team up to close the service off, I want to start this time of prayer by pausing and welcoming Jesus into my life afresh by his Spirit. And what I mean by that is I want you to picture yourself in the crowd as being these Greeks. Maybe your whole life you've seen Jesus. You've gone to church. You've listened to the sermons. You've, you've done whatever it takes to make yourself feel like you've been in the experience that you've needed to experience, but you've never met Jesus. You only see him in other people's lives. But today maybe is that chime where you can say, I don't want to just see Jesus today. I want to meet him. I want to meet him for the first time. So as I start this time of prayer by pausing, I want to welcome Jesus into my life afresh today by his spirit. So Father, I thank you for this story. And it captivates us because we've been to a lot of these large gatherings. We've been to concerts. We've been to sporting events. We've seen some famous people in our lives. But there is none more famous than you. And God, as we've seen a lot of these famous people and maybe even met some of these famous people, none stack up to you. And what's awesome is that it's not just us being able to see you, but in turn, it's you wanting to meet us. You're the one that stands at the door and knocks and said, whoever opens, I'll come in and meet you. So God, in this moment, God, as we think about who we are in the crowd, whether we're just the bystanders who just see you, or we're those Greeks that in this <coughs> moment say, Jesus, I want to meet you. So God, in the quietness of our hearts, God, we want to meet with you.
Maybe this is the first time. And maybe it's hard for us to comprehend that how to 2,000 years later we're still meeting this man that, that was famously brought into the, into the crowds of Jerusalem on a donkey. That 2,000 years later we're still able to meet this man. And you made that possible through the resurrection. That you proved you are God by raising yourself from the dead. And in doing so, you're able to meet with each one of us. God, the most famous person in the world, his name is Jesus. We get to meet with him now. So Father, I do invite you to come into my life afresh right now. And God, from this moment on until even Easter Sunday, I spend the next week just desiring to meet with you every day. Thanks for wanting to meet with us, Jesus. Thanks for proving that you are God and being the most famous person in the world, one that wants to meet with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.